Lane Kaoka has been investing for over a decade and now controls 8,000 plus units. As an owner of CrowdfundAloha.com, SimplePassiveCashflow.com, and RayAloha.com, Lane is responsible for finding investment opportunities, analysis, and marketing. Mr. Kaoka obtained a BS in Industrial Engineer and MS in Civil Engineering and Construction Management from the University of Washington. In addition to an analytical engineering background, Lane has real-world experience in working as a project manager for over $250 million of capital construction projects in both the public and private sector. Working as a high-paid professional in corporate America and frustrated by the traditional wealth-building dogma, Lane was compelled to inspire and mentor other working professionals via his top 50 investing podcast at simplepassivecashflow.com. Join me in welcoming Lane today. Welcome to our show and thanks for joining us. This is Grateful Heart, the motivational Arizona real estate and business show. We're here to inspire you to believe in yourself, to dare to dream about your infinite and divine possibilities, to blow open your mind to creating your most abundant reality possible as our thoughts are so powerful. I found turning my own personal grief into gratitude raised my vibration to be in tune for receiving prosperity, health, and connecting to God's source. I'm your host, Rebecca Rains of Integrity All-Stars at Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, and I have been selling homes here in the Valley since 1993. If you have any questions and are watching us live on our Facebook page, you can comment and we will do our best to answer while we are live on the show, so do not be shy. Today on our program, we have some great guests for you. Live from Phoenix, Arizona, it's the Grateful Heart Show with your host, Rebecca Rains. I remember reading through all your stuff that in the very beginning of little young Lane starting out on his career, he was on that linear path that everybody thinks they're supposed to go on, which is like going to college and getting a degree and going to work for corporate America, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I was taught to go to school, study hard, work at that job for 40, 50 years, invest in your 401k, you know, all these future funds. And then, you know, like I, I did exactly that. I became an engineer, started working for the man. I didn't really like it, but I was able to save a lot, a lot of money from this high paid job. And I bought a house to live in again, following all that financial dogma. And then because I was traveling all the time for work as a construction supervisor, mm -hmm. I, you know, this is back in 2009, 2010, they didn't have Turo and all that type of stuff, but I just kind of felt like it was silly that I had this big house that I own was home on Saturday. So I just decided to rent it out. And at that point I had that aha moment. I was like, wow, if I just do this a few more times, I'll be able to quit my job very quickly doing this type of stuff. That's awesome. I love it. So was there anything that happened to you to make you decide to rent out your first home that you bought? Or what, what was the aha moment that made you go, you know what, I'm, I'm like, do you currently own the home you live in today, I'm assuming? Yeah, I mean, I, I still don't own the home I live in. I still want to rent because oh, it makes more sense. Are you I mean, serious? I don't, think, I don't think people, I mean, people might think that this is a little bit out there, but I don't think you should buy your house until your net worth is two or three times greater than the house that you're going to buy, even if you're obviously going to be using debt and all good real estate investors do. But right. I don't I feel like, I mean, I don't feel like I know, but you run the numbers, you're going to make a higher rate of return investing in assets where, especially where your tenants are paying down your mortgage for you, as opposed to you owning your house, where you're the person putting the heart, sweat and tears, paying down your mortgage and getting equity there. And not only that, like your, only, your money is only going up at the pace of inflation. 
So that is a wonderful point that you make because I actually in front of my office right now, I have an A-frame that says, stop paying somebody else's mortgage. And, you know, of course, my line of work is a little bit different than yours. You're much bigger in the commercial world. I'm this little residential agent who helps people buy houses that they live in. So I want to understand why that is not why what you believe in. And I think the biggest thing I want to make sure people understand is you're in charge of and have bought um, with your investors currently 7,000 doors. Is that Did I read that correctly? Yeah, we just surpassed about a billion dollars of assets uh, late last year. Um, and, you know, going back to like, you know, a lot of people out there think in terms of numbers, right? They mm-hmm. can go to like, I do like a whiteboard video of, of my website, simplepassacashflow.com slash returns, where I kind of break down the rate of returns when you're buying little rental properties on your own. Right. As opposed to just putting it in your house, which is the old school way of doing things. And I'm tired of arguing with people. Like if you if you don't want to look at the numbers, well, look at the success, right? Success right. these clues. People doing it this way, their net worths are all two, three, four, five million dollars plus. Mm-hmm. For most people who are doing the traditional way, paying down their debt, putting your money, buying your own house to live in. It's, you know, you're lucky if you're a white, if you're like a white knuckle person who likes to save and really good at living frugally, which I don't think is a very fun way of living. I mean, it's very rare that you see people get above a million and a half by the time they're 50. Very rare. Very rare indeed. I see it all the time because I help people buy homes. And, you know, listening to you, I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, I hope my nephew actually listens to this show. And the reason why I say that my nephew has been working for my husband and I for the last five years, Lane, and he's not 30 yet, but he already owns three properties that he's just bought in the last few years while he's been a licensed realtor. And he's getting ready to buy his fourth. And all of them he's renting out as vacation rentals, which I know is a very small scale and very different. But I can see him fast forward in 20 years and he might be, you know, coming and hanging out with you in Hawaii and investing in your company before he knows it. Because if you've gone to a billion dollars in net worth, what kind of money has been made by your investors who have gone along this journey with you? I mean, it's just. The thing about this stuff is real estate is not a get rich quick scheme, right? It's a very like prudent, slow way of building wealth. It's a way of building wealth where it's very secure in the face of a recession. Um, I mean, and, and it starts with that little rental, short term rental. If that's the case, you're house hacking. Mm-hmm. I started with just little rental properties that were not owner occupied, just 20% down financing, you know, traditional financing. And I was just limited by how much money I could save every year right and that's kind of what i teach in our system simple passive cash flow you know this is there's no tricks to games here we're not flipping houses mm-hmm. we're not wholesaling houses we're not finding good deals out there we're just being very prudent with our personal finances and putting it to down payments of properties and you know like first property i bought was 2009 you know i bought the next one a couple of years later mm-hmm. um, I, I didn't have 11 rentals until 2015. So, and the way I kind of started to scale was these turnkey rentals. So those are a lot of operators out there that will they'll kind of take a dilapidated property, fix it up, um, put a lot of like the, the higher, well, not the higher grade materials, but like the more durable tenant grade materials in there mm-hmm. where they'll fix up the roof, the plumbing, the electrical, new appliances, new, you know, the bones, final tile. Right. Yeah. They'll, they'll make it turnkey. It's a turnkey rental. Sometimes yeah. they even put a tenant in there for you. 
great way for a person to get started. Okay, and then you've done that. And then what happened when you hit 11 properties in 2015 that allowed you to scale? Did you partner with somebody or create your own REIT? When I say REIT, it's Real, Real Estate Investment Group for those of you guys that don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, so so at that point, you know, I, I realized like, you know, I thought the way to get the financial like freedom is you get a whole bunch of houses, maybe 20, 30, 40 houses because with 11 rentals, you know, at a few hundred dollars of positive cash flow a month, I had maybe a few thousand dollars of positive cash flow. But if you ask any American, especially, you know, like white collar professionals, that's just not enough money. I mean, <laughs> that's just money not enough. Myself, mm -mm. Right. And just to give people some insights and what it is to own 11 rentals, I maybe had an eviction every few months or once or twice a year. But I had some kind of big issue that happened, like a tree falling on the house, some kind of flood. minor flood in the basement, mm -hmm. flooding, you know, repair every quarter with that many rentals, which is no problem because we always teach people to get a property manager. You know, you want to be an investor, not a city landlord, right. fixing all this stuff and doing this all yourself. But, you know, to get to most people in our group, they want $10,000 of passive income a month. Mm -hmm. and that's That's kind of the baseline level. But to do that, you need to multiply that, that house count by three or four. So you're not, now you're talking 30, 40 rentals. And now you're talking about eviction every other month, every month. It's a kind of big catastrophe that happens every other week. Mm -hmm. It quickly becomes unscalable. And this is kind of my journey. Is like At that point, I was kind of lucky enough to join different masterminds, get around other high network doctors, lawyers, engineers. And they're all ditching their single family homes and going into these syndications and private payments or what we call country club deals right makes and, and that was the that was the point where you, know, you start to realize that there's a different level being played and that's where we kind of teach and educate our investors that how to level up you know yeah and it and it becomes a more of a game of tax legal and then we also employ infinite banking strategies with whole life overfunded insurance um, and then that kind of rounds out this suite of strategies that accredited investors or folks over a million dollars net worth play. Right. Um, but well, that's all part of the journey. It right? is part of the journey because you didn't know about that when you very first got out of college and you had to learn along the lines. One thing that you just mentioned that's near and dear to me, I host masterminds in my own office once a month with other colleagues. So you, uh, the investor I had asked you about if you knew of him, he was pretty big here in our valley. He was on my show and he has 40 rental properties he owns himself, but he's also created an opportunity to turn properties because of, just like you mentioned, the higher net worth clients that wanted to find another safer place to put their investments. I even interviewed somebody who um, educated us on how to take their Roth IRAs and turn it into real estate. Is that something that people have an opportunity to do with you if they want to move maybe their IRA money into your investment firm? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of self-directed IRA companies out there, you know. But in my opinion, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of qualified retirement plans, solo for what case, Roth IRAs, self-directed Roth IRAs, like mm -hmm. all that type of stuff. Um, my whole theory is, you know, you rather pay your taxes on that stuff today, right, while you're in a lower tax bracket. And ah. most of us listening, our income is going to be going up in the future. Therefore, you will climb into a higher tax bracket. That's, point, that's point really interesting one. concept. I've never heard anybody say it in that 
in that way because well, well, we're all most, taught. again this is all like the financial dogma where they're right. all you're every, everyone's kind of brainwashed to think that when you get older you'll shrivel up and die and you'll be in a lower tax bracket which is probably true for most people right but, but not the people listening right now no you're acquiring assets your income will be going up and especially uh, as the real second. estate market goes up, I mean, the, what we've seen the last couple of years in appreciation, I'm sure you've experienced it, you know, times a thousand or times 7,000 because you have all those doors. People are coming to Arizona from California and Seattle, um, for example, and you know those real estate markets well because you've invested, I, I know, in many states. I think, what was it, nine different states currently that you're invested across? Yeah, yeah. I mean, our, our big, like, our target, our buying criteria are um, more red states. So Arizona, Texas, Alabama, Florida, those types of states. The Sunbelt states, I mean, people are generally moving to the warmer client climates. Mm -hmm. um, I just had a mastermind recently and we were all on Zoom and it was like in December and expecting everybody to be bubbled up drinking tea. No, we all live in freaking Sunny places, places where one guy's, one guy's cycling, a guy's out on the uh, porch. You know, who lives up in the Northeast and the, you know, Minnesota these days that have a choice? If you have a choice. Climates? Well, and that explains the rush of um, people coming to Arizona and other sunny places. You shared with me your screen, and I'm curious if you'd be willing to share with us, where are the places? You mentioned Red State, and I got to tell you, according to the news last time there was an election, they claimed Arizona turned blue. I still don't believe it. But what is your theory behind the Red States? I'm really curious because of that. Yeah, I mean, just a couple things. And the biggest thing is like, we're the landlords, right? So mm -hmm. we want the landlord friendly laws on our side. Makes sense. Simple as that. Okay. And then, so, you know, in, in some states, I mean, like some of the more socialist states, like you can't evict people. Like you like you need God's side, like almighty's like yeah. so on your side. So you don't invest somebody. in California and, then is what you're saying, because I know I've got a couple no, of people no. come in from California Washington, right now. Washington, Portland, no way, Jose. Like, <laughs> like if people want to do that, that's all on them. Well, but we want to invest in states where if people don't pay, you can't stay. And whether that's right or wrong, that's that's, the, not, that's what I was grown up. That's how I was taught. If you can't pay, you don't get to stay. I mean, that's why is that a wrong thing? Right. Of, of course, our, our land, our property managers are definitely involved in our communities helping people get all the government assistance programs that they're warranted which sure. you know is kind of a value add for our clients or our tenants but yeah you know like the second thing is that the red states are typically your economically you know driven states they're the yeah. ones who opened up first they're the ones that are a little mm -hmm. bit more aggressive less entitlement programs yeah um, and but at the end of the day like we follow two big statistics population growth and rent growth Mm -hmm. And there's all these different factors that, you know, you can geek out and do all this analysis. But at the end of the day, that's really what drives and is the indicator of a good market. Well, where are the people moving and what are the rents doing? I got to tell you, I my heart breaks all the time because I am in the residential real estate world. I can't help these first time home buyers get out of renting and the rents here in Arizona, I, I mean, I'm, I want to say they've doubled. They probably haven't doubled, but they feel like they've doubled in the last couple of years. You know, a traditional, and I know you seem to have most of your assets in um, apartment complexes. I don't know. Do you carry any single family detached still today? No. No. I mean, we're, we kind of go after the same workforce housing sector, which is like the lower middle class, which 
I feel is a good like way to recession proof your portfolio, right? Like I don't like short-term rentals. Yeah. I don't like high-end luxury properties. I don't even like the A, you know, the lower A minus class properties. I want I want to think of something when times get bad. You know, the high end move into the B class properties. The B class mm-hmm. properties move into the C's, right? And mm-hmm. I want to be there to catch the, the blood of America, which unfortunately. The rich are getting richer, and the poor are getting poor, and the middle class are becoming the lower middle class. And that's the kind of the the, the population I want to be serving. Well, and that makes complete sense because until you become um, wise in the ways of the world today, you go down what you think is the you know the right way to to maybe have security in your future. And so many people come to retirement without two pennies to rub together, and God forbid if they never bought a home and they rented the entire time, at least you're providing roofs for all those folks who maybe, you know, didn't follow the path that maybe they could have, whatever you want to call it, but they're always going to need a roof over their heads, as I do, as you do. And I love the fact that you are um, not owning your own house that you live in, that you prefer to rent because that's how much you believe. Yeah, you know, I just do that to kind of inspire the young kids from making that bad financial decision. I probably should buy a house, soon, but <laughs> places here in Hawaii are just insane. Too expensive for now. Yeah, yeah. Well, especially yeah. But, on on your island, they're incredibly expensive. Yeah, but you know, getting back to like, you know, like we're not slumlords, right? Like, I, I wasn't. Our job is to mm-hmm. create the biggest, the best product at the best price, the best value product. For these types of people because i mean let's face it our country is becoming a nation of renters it is what it is it, well and that's um, where i was going to with the heart bleeding My, people can't afford to buy and they're stuck renting yeah i mean prices are going up interest rates are are super low i mean affordability is is good for people yet they're still i mean it's declining of of housing and well, that's this, why we as apartment owners we see it as the opportunity to kind of catch that beyond right. the, and the good side of it and plus we're still in a country where you know the population is growing especially like you know there's a lot of immigrants and mm-hmm. those the apartments are the ones that they move into it, absolutely absolutely do you mind sharing your screen for those listening since i am in arizona you actually are owning several in the central phoenix corridor around arcadia tempe i saw you had an apartment complex you know, just so that people can see while you may be sitting in Hawaii right now and it's beautifully warm there and uh, gorgeous, uh, you invest in in our red state. And, yeah, I thought that was really cool because I'm I'm talking to you, you know, just below that Tempe, just off to the right where you don't have any properties. But where you're looking at is very centrally located, very wonderful locations from Tempe to Scottsdale to Glendale and uh, the Biltmore Camelback, I'm sure that's a beautiful complex. So you have them in, like you, to your point, they're not in slummy locations. They're in fantastic locations for folks that maybe are, you know, working downtown and uh, they need a nice place to rent. Yeah. So, I mean, just like when you buy a little single family home, it's like if you're buying in the core areas, like your, your downtown areas, you're just not going to find the rent to value ratios to be able to cash flow. You're not going to find good deals because there's just too much unsophisticated money fight, fighting with you. Right. So the idea is, I mean, this seems so basic, right? And it is. And you're buying on the line. You're buying on the line of gentrification. And, and you know, this is kind of the nice 
trans, uh, transitioning area from Midtown. Between the uh, 17 and the 51 absolutely is. I had a client just recently right. looking in that area um, between those two freeways and that's a big deal. So you're picking great locations. And um, do you guys ever build brand new apartment complexes or do you only purchase um, ones that have already been built by somebody else? Our bread and butter is we will pick up existing properties that we already have a profit and loss statement with. So we know and we can cash flow day one. Okay. But we are starting to do the development from the ground up. We've got a 230 unit completed in Huntsville, Alabama, which we're building. Um, but some of these markets like Phoenix and Houston, you know, you can't get a, you know, dozen acres all put together. They're just, you don't have that. Oh, um, guess. You or you can't buy, you can't buy the, the land at the right price mm -hmm. to do that. Well, I'll tell you what, I mean, I guess it depends on the price, but um, I actually have some land coming available not too far from where some of your apartments are. So I might have to hit you up after our call today. Uh, but in the meantime, I love that you have your book, Simple, Passion, Passive Cash Flow on your website. And somebody can just download it or listen to your audiobook or get it on hard copy without a problem. And I'm sure for anybody listening, that is probably going to be what you would recommend as their first step is to download your book. Yeah, it actually um, released this morning was kind of the, the grand opening um you know they can go to simplepassivecashflow.com slash book uh, but if they are a podcast listener you mm -hmm. know check out simple passive cashflow passive real estate investing on itunes google play spotify etc oh you're everywhere and i have um your link tree that i'm going to share before we finish our show uh real quick i'm going to take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back if you're looking for a mortgage, you need a personalized plan, not a click button get mortgage option. My team and I have saved families thousands by proactively planning their home purchase or a refinance. Buying a home is a huge decision and it deserves a strategic approach. My team and I provide a comprehensive mortgage plan, including a complete credit analysis outlining the steps needed to improve your credit score and help you qualify for the best rates and terms in the market. Visit us at tkteam.us today. We'll ensure you get the best guidance so you can make the best decisions. The TK Team, moving you forward. Hi, I'm Rebecca Hidalgo Reigns with Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, and I've been selling homes here in the Valley for over a quarter of a century. I want to say that experience truly matters. So when you're looking for a realtor to help you either buy or sell your biggest purchase of your life, I hope you'll consider using me. My experience doesn't matter near as much as my clients. So I do dare you to Google me and I promise you'll see nothing but fantastic reviews because I really do truly care to help navigate you and your family to the very best experience you'll ever have with buying a home. Have you been thinking about buying a new house or refinancing your existing mortgage? Interest rates are still around historically low levels. Why pay a higher rate when you don't have to? Call Joe Smith, me, at Epic Mortgage LLC, 602-741-4121 for a free mortgage quote or pre-qualification. Epic Mortgage LLC is a locally owned, independent mortgage brokerage that provides low-cost options for its customers. Independently owned means low overhead, so you get the best rates, fees, and service. Keep more of your money. Brokers are better. Realtor recommended for over 20 years? Contact me, Joe Smith, at Epic Mortgage today, 602-741-4121. Whether purchasing a home or refinancing, 
We know you have choices when it comes to choosing a title company. Navi Title Agency is the leading source for all title, escrow, and marketing needs. With access to the largest title insurance underwriter, Navi Title facilitates successful closings and protects clients from fraud. Creating solutions that save time and money for everyone. Ask your realtor or loan officer today about using Navi Title on your next real estate transaction. Navi Title Agency is locally owned and operated in the state of Arizona. Okay, we're back from commercial, guys. Uh, and I know you just are just dying to find out from Lane. Um, we found out that he prefers to invest in red states. I love that, of course, because we're in one. Or so, you know, I like to say that we're still in one. Um, and he also is into, for the most part, apartment complexes. It's a big jump to go from 11 properties, like individual properties, to get into apartment complexes. Lane, can you share with us how that happened for you? Yeah, I mean, you know, I had 11 single family home rentals. Um, I was doing it via the turnkey model, which I think is great for a lot of new passive investors to get into. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I was, the next logical step is we'll go into like a 20 unit, 40 unit. But here's the problem with that strategy. You know, there's, there's the reason why we stay in this realm of 100 to 400, 500 unit apartment complexes is because there's a nice little void for us. There's little, there's not too much competition in the space. This is what we call the private equity space. Okay. So when you go above 50, 60 units, you can get a property manager to be at your property at all times, which is great for the community and, mm -hmm. you know, just having somebody eyes and ears there at all times. But what you really want to be getting to is 100 units. At that point, you can have a couple of, you know, a handyman to knock out little repairs here or there because as landlords you're getting killed by all these third-party repairs you know four hundred dollar plumbing repair seven hundred dollar HVAC repair where we take all that stuff uh, in-house and pay them on that salary so a lot of these guys will knock out a little plumbing repair before their first smoke break and oh. head <laughs> off to the next one uh, and, and everything is right there as opposed to going all over town with all these little rental properties in your portfolio. Oh, that's and another that, fantastic point. Why you would want to have them all in one place versus maybe spread across town. Right. And, and this is like the hard thing I think a lot of you know passive remote investors realize is whether you live in Phoenix or Hawaii and you're investing in Birmingham, Atlanta, mm -hmm. and you should do that. You should be diversifying over different geographic markets. But everybody knows you're the rich person from California, Phoenix, Hawaii, and you're just getting gouged every single time on all these little repairs and you really have no little recourse over it. But, you know, getting back to like, you know, the, the one, when you're under 40 units, 50 units buying, you know, you're, you're kind of clumped in with the mom and pop investor buying these little yeah. single family homes. Fourplexes, kind of getting kind of thing. Right. You're kind of competing with, the everyday average Joe, mom and pa. Mm -hmm. And the pricing is just very competitive. It's very difficult to find anything that really works. Where if you can rise up above that, get above 100 units, it's just so much cleaner and, and Less competition. better assets, more choices, right? Mm -hmm. But what we want to also stay is below the institutional guys. You mentioned REITs, right? Yeah. REITs are institutional investors that are just investing people's lazy retirement money. And they have very, very low targets that they need to hit. Right. So we're kind of the more aggressive, I guess you call them barracudas in the water. Well, right? you, you mentioned below the sharks. Sure. But you're staying above everybody else. And you mentioned if somebody comes and wants to invest in these apartment complexes with you, it's more of a buy and hold strategy. So it's not like they're getting a, 
you know, a dividends check from you every year or every month, it's, you know, you're looking for long-term investors, I would be assuming, so that you can continue to buy these bigger projects. I'm, I'm guessing, I mean, please tell me if I'm wrong, Lane, but you're still probably always going to be looking for good opportunity. Yeah, I mean, our, our business plan is different on all projects. Um, but, you know, from just speaking personally for myself, like what I'm looking for is the best risk suggested return. And to me, what that looks like is you going into a, a, a stabilized asset. So stabilized is defined as 90% occupied or mm -hmm. more. And that property is already cash flowing, but there's some kind of maybe deferred maintenance or, you know, older, yeah. grungier units. That you know, need so a you go in there and you just do a very simple, you know, we call it lipstick Stick on a pig, pig. <laughs> four to six thousand dollars of mm -hmm. rehab. But in Phoenix, it costs ten to fifteen thousand because you guys got the California prices out there. But oh, it's new terrible. flooring, yeah, new appliances, new paint job, new playground equipment, power washing the sides of the building, sprucing it up, and now that's what allows tenants to now it warrants them paying an extra couple of hundred bucks just, and that's force appreciation. Right. And commercial properties, the value is based on a simple formula of your net operating income, basically mm -hmm. your profits divided by the cap rate. And that's how much money the property is worth. So you, unlike residential home investing, you're kind of at, you know, the, you, it's not the comps, right? It's you, more the money that you're making. Whereas commercial real estate or just commercial assets in general, or even companies, right, with the beta. Mm -hmm your evaluation of your company or in this case of property is based on your net operating income. Mm -hmm. And if you have control over that, you can control the price of the building. Well, and so that's why you were talking about how in Arizona, the prices, they gouge us here because we have California prices. And that's probably why you're over in Alabama, much further east of us. Maybe the cost to have new floors put in aren't as expensive as what we're, we see here. So that's a really interesting point that you bring up, Lane, is controlling your overhead. It's not just about the rents coming in, but it's what you're spending to when you, you have a vacancy, when somebody moves out or when there's a repair. I love that you guys have your own handymen that are your own employees. Um, I do have to ask, COVID has done some crazy things here with the supply chain issues that we're having for residential real estate. Are you experiencing that on your end? And what, what kind of headaches have you had to deal with as a result? Yeah, I mean, everybody is kind of feeling the pinch on like the appliances. I mean, that's a big thing, but mm -hmm. a lot of our like upgrades, they're not really warranted on, you know, it's not like we can't, roll out a new apartment and bump up the rents if the uh, the refrigerator isn't installed, right? right? I mean, there's all these other things that we do to value add the project that we can wait for the, the fridge to get in later, mm -hmm. right? So it's not like a car where like, you know, if you don't have the chips, you're screwed. You're, you can't yeah, ship exactly. a car. Um, and that's, and tenants kind of understand this. And in some ways they're a little bit hesitant to pay more for that refrigerator if they're, they're more that value kind of um, mm -hmm. tenant. Um, obviously, we're kind of moving off to the tenants that like, you know, by doing all these upgrades, we're able to elevate and kick out the deadbeats to right, the people that you don't want in the community right. and, and raise the level of the bar for the entire community. And that's essentially what gets you that higher rents overall um, than just what in the beginning when you're doing a rehabs, you know, you the idea is that you can go into the interior units because that's what people pay for. That's why they will pay an extra 150 bucks. Right. But once you've completed it, that, that's where you work on all the community stuff, the exterior stuff. Like we'll hire consultants 
sometimes we'll hire consultants and we'll give them a couple of units mm-hmm. and then they're kind of like you're the cheerleaders if you think of like saturday night live you know will ferrell and that other gal yeah they kind of go around and be like a cheerleader uh-huh. knock on people's doors and like plan little parties like we pay consultants to do this for us mm-hmm. and then kind of gets the community value up and that's why people like there that's why they tell their friends and then right? they These stay all they stay and they pay more yeah because that's the whole key i'm sure as a, as somebody like you the last thing you need is to have people turning all the time because they're not happy or what have you um during covid because of the states that you were in do you feel that you were insulated a little bit better? Did you have, I mean, obviously you had forward thinking um, to do that because we, um, different from California, eventually were able to get people out that weren't paying. I had a couple of sellers last year that, you know, um, had some professional tenants that knew how to get away as long as they could without paying the rent. And for the, you know, first time investor, solo investor, just starting out, that's pretty painful. I know some of my clients had to go into forbearance because they couldn't afford to make a mortgage payment on a property that they weren't getting rent for. What happened with you guys during that era? Well, I got to admit, I was a little afraid, I think, in March, April. I've never been through a pandemic. I didn't know None what was going to happen. Yeah. Um, but it turned out, you know, damn it, like this whole strategy of going after workforce housing, which is the majority of the people in America, worked. And people didn't move around. They st- they stayed in place. They literally sheltered in place, right? Mm-hmm. They didn't move. They didn't go find a new apartment. No. Uh, we went month to month with a lot of these guys. We worked with them to get payment plans and extract all the government assistance for them. A lot of times, you know, like the property manager actually has to sit there, down with them and write out the, the forms with them. And fill uh, it out but, for them. Yeah. You know, occupancy stayed pretty high. Normally, we hover around 97% mm-hmm. is like full occupancy. Maybe at the worst of COVID, it went maybe a few percent points down to like 94, 95%. Which really but, isn't. You know, we're still making money if we can stay higher than 65, 75%. So I, I think I come out of the pandemic looking at across the portfolio and like, yeah, this is exactly why we invest in this B class type, B, C class type of product. Um, I will say some of the eight we have, like we diversify too, right? Different mm-hmm. geographic locations. We can talk about Phoenix in comparison to Las Vegas later, but. We also diversify between different asset classes, right? Like we don't want to be the super high end, but we have some nicer properties that we would probably call A class properties. We have some lower end class C's. Mm-hmm. Majority is the class B type of market, but some of the class A, um, couple of them in particular, we had some trouble with people moving out because they were good savers. The A class people just work from home. A lot of people just they're more tech workers mm-hmm. and they saw the low interest rate and saw the opportunity to go buy and they moved out and but we backfilled them with tenants that shortly after that was a little strange byproduct of this particular recession but normally what happens in a recession is the a's get hit the hardest this is right. why you don't want to have high-end luxury and the a's move back to the b's and where we are right we mm-hmm. want them to come we get better quality tenants and we get we kind of backfill ourselves within tough times and that's why I kind of see it as recession-proof strategy. Well, it, you got tested, and you know, going from ninety-seven percent to ninety-four percent, I'd say it was a huge win, uh, because obviously your forward thinking uh, did insulate you uh, during the pandemic to a degree, because of the places you purchased. Had you had all of your rentals in California, you still might be crying that nobody's paying you rent. So that's a good thing that uh, you were able to do that. Um, so we, we just have a few more minutes left in the show. I want to switch over to your website real quick. Um, 
and your book. When I when you can download the book and there's a ton of videos. Oh my gosh, I got lost in your videos and I got onto your Instagram and the why we don't buy homes to live in and invest instead. I thought that was so smart. Um, when I scrolled down, I hit your link tree and um, that was just overwhelming and I'm gonna make sure to make that part of your closing. But I wanted to, let me see, there it is. There's your link tree. We have the about lane, the book a call with lane, invest alongside lane. I think that's the part I'd like to focus on the most right now in our last few minutes. What does that look like for somebody who maybe gets on your website, downloads your book, and then says, oh my gosh, I do not wanna own 10 or 11 rentals. I want to hang out with Lane and invest in his, is it Hui? Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say like, again, it comes down to where you are in the journey, right? If mm -hmm. you're some young kid who's got a net worth of under a quarter of a million, half a million, dude, go buy some rental properties first, right? Get unbroke, get to accredited status. Um, and I would suggest, you know, page simplepassivecastle.com slash turnkey mm -hmm. probably where I would refer them to first. Turnkey, okay. And I think that's what a lot of people don't realize. They see the vanity numbers today, but they don't realize, well, you started, you know, started somewhere. kind of nothing. I mean, I had a good paying salary, so I wasn't broke, right? But, mm -hmm. you know, I started with the first rental property. It took me a couple years to save up for in 2009. Then I took me a couple, 18 months, two years to save up for the next one. Right. And it was like watching grass grow. And people don't realize that, this is not a get rich quick scheme. This mm -hmm. is the get rich very prudently and kind of save your money, be frugal, financial one-on-one -on -one in a way. And, so, but over time, uh -huh. you know, once you get sort of an inflection point when your net worth hits half a million, million dollars, that's when you start to implement these other strategies that we help people implement with the taxes, the legal, infinite banking. And, you know, that's when you start to hit that hockey stick in terms of net worth. Well, and I was so impressed. You have so much collateral for people just to basically go down the rabbit hole and get lost in. Um, what would you, you said, send them to turnkey first. What what else would you recommend for somebody to do if they were like, oh my gosh, I want to be like Lane when I grow up. Um, start with your first couple properties. Maybe hop on your website, read your book, go to the turnkey um, page on your website that you mentioned. Is there anything I'm forgetting that you would recommend to somebody? Yeah, I mean, if you already have some rental properties, you're kind of already a credit investor. I would, you know, get more educated on syndication. So that's the simplepassivecashflow.com slash syndication. Kind of join our community there. And at that point, it's more your network is your net worth, you know, getting around other high net worth accredited investors. Say that again, because that is so important. Other and high net other high net worth accredited investors, not broke guys hanging out at the local RIA or the free state, right? <laughs> that's a big... I don't know. They always say like, oh, you should go and hang out at the local RIA. But to me, that's kind of a waste of time for folks, you know, over half a million, even a quarter million dollars. Right. Net worth. I mean, you're just going to find guys who are wholesaling houses, flipping houses. Well, and I get the wholesale flipping house emails all the time. And a lot of my clients will come to me and ask me for my wise words. And if they don't like what I say, next thing I know that I, I have one in particular who's recently become an agent lane because she got hooked up with somebody who hooked her up in another class, a class for like $15,000 and they were gonna learn all these spreadsheets and all this stuff. And then at the end of the day, she got burned, burned bad on a couple of properties because she went and did them without me. And then when I heard about them, I'm like, oh Lord, why? 
So is there an advice that you could give people on how not to get screwed over, what to stay away from in our last couple minutes? Well, I mean, that's why I kind of put everything kind of free on my website and my podcast, right? Everything is there. I mean, you don't have to pay me anything. I mean, the, the whole, all these secrets that I've kind of realized that the wealthy do, they're, they're very implementable by the average person. It's just mm-hmm. at what point do you implement the strategies is the kind of the key thing. But all the information is on the website, the tax guides, the, you know, the, the turnkey guides. I mean, the syndication. The thing that I, mm-hmm. Yeah, like, and the thing that I thought was wrong in this industry, I mean, there's all a bunch of fake gurus out there trying to trick people into, you know, they do these fake conferences, yep. they have plants in the seats to run up, they teach you how to like get max out your credit cards, and like pay for their 20, 30, <sighs> 40, $50,000 programs. It's disgusting. What, what, right, what pissed me off the most is they mostly target the broke guys, and yeah. they, they target with them with hope. Yeah, I mean, False so hope. that was why, right, and the people that shouldn't be putting more than $5,000 in their credit card. Mm-hmm. And now a lot of those guys aren't my clients, clientele no. anyway, right? No, Most of my clients are accredited investors. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, kind of that, that was kind of what I wanted to kind of improve in the world as well. If you're under that threshold, well, just go read the stuff for free, right? right. You know, it's going to take you a while because there's a lot of stuff and, you know, granted at that point, time is more, or money is more valuable than time for a lot of those folks. Mm-hmm. But Eventually, all roads leads to passive investing. You get to credit investor status. You kind of move up into these ranks. But yeah, I mean, you don't need to pay anybody. Like, this is, you know, a lot of this stuff is free on the internet. Well, and that's the thing that I I, I want to share because I just cringe every time I see one of my clients because everybody has these dreams. They all want to be you, Lane. You know, oh, I've got seven thousand doors and billion of assets and all of this stuff. But yeah, it was a lot of hard work. How many years have you been at it now? Like fifteen to twenty at least. Right, and I'm crazy, right? Like the, oh, I could the tell. real success stories are some of my clients that are, you know, they're still working their day jobs. Then the spouse kind of quits their job, and they kind of titrate down slowly as their passive income goes up to five, $10,000 a month and slowly mm-hmm. rises after that. But, you know, if you're half a million, million dollars net worth, you make six figures. I mean, typically can get you on the path to financial freedom in three to seven years at that point. And it's not that hard. It's just, it's just a little bit way of kind of deprogramming the way that we've all been taught. But, you know, my, none of my family does this stuff. None of my friends do this stuff. It's very alternative financial ideas is kind of what we do. You but know, they probably look at you like you're some crazy guy, right? And, you know, I, I'm sure your friends and your family, they probably listen to you less than somebody else. And here you are doing what you do. And your website is just phenomenal. So I want to say it again. It's the Simple Passive Income is your book, right? Simple Passive Cashflow. That's cash the flow. other Thank guy. you. Cashflow. Yeah. yeah, that's the other guy. Cashflow. Go to his website. He's more into active businesses, which we're not. Right. Oh. Like we are passive, right? Like yeah. get get yourself FI in three to seven years. The passive cash flow is the easy part, but figuring out what you're gonna do after that, then that's the hard part. That's really <laughs> what you'd be spending your time and energy on. You know what's so funny? I have to say this to you. Just yesterday, I my husband and I were driving. Uh we have um a property north of us a couple hours away, and we were hanging out with some friends who just retired and sold their pest control company. Yeah, I think they made a couple million bucks off it. Really smart people. But Lane, are they bored right now? They're so bored and they're my age and maybe they retired too soon. So there is some serious truth to that, that once you do have some financial freedom, you better figure out what you want to do with yourself when you grow up. Right, right. But enjoy that little time that you have 
in kind of yeah. free for all, free for all when you finally quit your what your last endeavor was, whether that's your job or your business, business or whatever it is. I am so excited to hop more, spend more time on your website, Lane. I'm like my audience. I want to be like Lane when I grow up, and I hope I get to talk to you again another day. Congratulations on your book. That's so cool that it happened to be today when you happen to be on my show. So. Um, I just can't even begin to thank you for your time. Yeah, thanks for having me. Aloha, everybody. Aloha. Okay, guys, I hope you totally dug that show. If you've been thinking about investing and you didn't know where to start, all I can tell you is you better start now. And he will definitely help you if you want to go check him out. You can invest alongside Lane. You just go to his website, but just go check him out anywhere. He's everywhere and he has so much wonderful information to share. What a great show. And thank you for joining us on our mutual journey to becoming unharmable and successful in all of our experiences while we're here in this school of life. We hope you enjoyed it. If you watched us on YouTube, please like and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Likewise, if you're catching us on one of our podcast platforms, be sure to follow us so you never miss out on another one of our shows again. Remember that if you ever have a question about real estate or any of the other topics we cover, check us out on the web, www.gratefulheart.tv, for all of our links to connect with us. Otherwise, we'll have another show for you again right here next Monday at 11 a.m. Arizona time. I'm on vacation every single day Cause I love my occupation Hey, hey, hey I'm on vacation every single day Every, every single day